0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Breaking the Ceiling, a show where we talk about the entrepreneurs, the brands they've built, the struggles they've gone through, and the successes they've become. Today, I have somebody who has been an icon in the industry. She personifies versatility. She has worn several hats in her career. She is a law graduate from University College London. She's a bona fide chartered accountant and a proud owner of one of the finest dining restaurants in Mumbai. The table... Please welcome Gauri Devi there. Hey, Gauri, nice to have you here. Thank you for taking your time. This is going to be fun.
1: Hey, thanks, Ashwin. It's great to be here. And that that intro has put a little bit of pressure on, but uh, <laughs> but thank you.
0: So, uh, Gauri, what I want to know is, uh, I want to know the Gauri before the table. What's your journey? What's her journey been like?
1: So, uh, you know, like you mentioned in the intro, I um, am a law graduate and um, I uh, read law at university in London um, and it was virtually impossible at that point to get a job with a law firm. Um, You know, it was a time when, when, uh, you know, they were not doling out work permits. And um, so so I actually accidentally um, did an internship at PwC while I was at college and uh, in in their tax team. And uh, I, I ended up loving it. So I know nerd and geek and complete uh, antithesis to what I'm doing right now, but uh, I really loved it. And I found that it was this perfect combination of, um, you know, of of, uh, law and math, which I loved um and uh, so I was like you know what this is actually what I want to do and so after I graduated I um like you mentioned earlier I then went on to do my chartered accountancy um in England uh, with PwC and uh, I was there for a good five years working with them after graduating but uh, at some point I think the English weather just got to me and I was like I'm kind of done with this I'm gonna uh, head back to bombay and um and it, it was actually great timing because i moved back to india in december 2007 just before the um the madness of uh, 2008's financial crisis um but i continued to work with pwc in bombay um and this is around the time i met my husband now husband jay um and uh, you know and then uh, I was I was with I continued as a as a tax consultant for the next three years, but that's when the idea of the restaurant started bubbling. Um, and I thought I was going to watch it from afar while he he did his thing. But uh, yeah, that that turned out to be a different story altogether.
0: <laughs> so it was his idea to start the table, and you were supposed to be somebody who kind of saw it was that was that the plan
1: completely I was completely I was very happy doing my my day job and um but you know I mean so he just moved back from San Francisco uh back to Bombay and uh I think and he's a techie uh so you know it, it, like neither of us have any hospitality background whatsoever and um you know and I'm kind of this trained lawyer auditor sort of you know very like um you know like like everything you know plan makes sense everything needs to make sense he's completely the opposite um you know he has to kind of deep dive into something that makes no sense and, um, I mean, you know, jokes apart, I think he'd just come back from a city where food is so important and it's you know it's it's really one of the sort of front runners in in you know um in in the in the whole food industry and the restaurant business and uh, and I think when coming back to bombay where we felt that you know it. Uh, the, this was back in 2008, where there was like a huge uh, gap in in the whole sort of you know uh, what was available. To diners at that point. And I think coming from something which was kind of considered like a Mecca of food to Bombay back in 2008, uh, the, the sort of, you know, the gap was kind of, it was a glaring sort of big hole. And, you know, he's always, I think a lot of guys go through this midlife crisis of, you know, wanting to have a restaurant, you know, and I, I thought it would be a phase and he'd sort of, it would just pass on its own magically. That didn't happen and uh you know and then the idea kept sort of brewing and you know he started looking at spaces and i was just like okay i'm just going to be like a good sort of pillar of support and and not kind of bash his ideas right from from the get but then cool. but then you know one thing led to another and uh and then he was like i think i found a space and i was like look i'll help you with reviewing documents i'll help you with setting up all the financial stuff but i've got my day job and i'm quite happy doing that um but then I just found myself getting more and more involved. And it was like a fun sort of project to kind of see happen. And of course, it had like all the madness that goes with with opening a restaurant. Um, but yeah, eventually I, you know, I found myself almost working two full time jobs between, you know, setting up the restaurant and and this um, and, and my actual day job that I was like, you know what, I'm going to sort of I'm, I can't do this. I'm going to like burn out before we've even begun um and so I I decided that you know what's the worst thing I've spent nine years in in tax I said that you know um what's the worst thing if I take a year out try this out and um you know and see where it goes and I know that you know I had enough sort of I think goodwill with my employers to know that you know if that all came like crashing and crashing down like (laughs) hard and yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. So I felt like I had this. So, you know, me being like, like I said, me being the, the risk averse person, I had this backup plan if things didn't work out. And um, so it turned out to be a bit of a long sabbatical because it's been 10 years since we opened. <laughs> yeah. that's,
0: a, that's a fantastic journey. It's a fantastic journey. So my quick my, my question, uh, the name, the table, tell me a little bit about how did that come about?
1: Um, yeah, that was my like only contribution, I think, to the setting up of this yeah. shot. Uh, no, so, you know, we actually, no, seriously, we, um, we, I, when I lived in London, uh, very close to my office, there was this, uh, there was this lovely coffee shop um, called the Monmouth Coffee House, and uh, they have this beautiful big community table where with just one big pot of sugar in the middle. And, you know, it just had this great vibe because people would just be sitting around, you know, strangers sitting around it. And it it just had this, like, amazing energy. And um, and so when we came to doing this, you know, I said to Jay, I was like, look, you know, you do whatever you want. You got your inspiration from, um, you know, San Francisco or whatever it is. Uh, I just think that we need to have a community table in there because that was something I loved, and I felt that it wasn't there in Bombay, and, you know, people like sitting at their sort of own tables, and especially in the Western sort of dining format, um, and so I was like, listen, whatever you do, whatever you want, but, like, have a community table in there, I think that'll be, uh, that'll be really amazing, and, uh, and so we did put one, and then I was like, you know, I really think that this is kind of, um this is something really unique about this space. I mean, we're talking about, you know, more than 10 years ago when the idea of like, uh, community dining wasn't so big. And, uh, and so then, yeah, just kind of that kind of became for me like something I got, I guess, fixated on and uh, we decided to call it the table.
0: Fantastic. So having your husband as your co-founder, how is that work out in life how is the ups and downs how do you keep personal professional separate how does that work
1: oh i don't know how it works honestly and i'm really surprised that we're still married we actually got married a month before the restaurant opened so we celebrated 10 years of the table and 10 years of us um, you know in december last year and uh, i mean you know honestly um, ashwin I I don't think there's any magic formula. I think that um, it takes a lot of hard work uh, because you know you have to really try hard not to bring work home and take home to work, and it is very very difficult to do that. Um, and you know I mean I think we've kind of one of the things that we did uh, from the get go again you know just figuring this out for ourselves was that we divided our responsibilities right in the beginning and said, look, these are your areas of, you know, this is your domain, this is mine. Um, You know, obviously things like marketing, finance, you know, that kind of thing was, was, was what I, um, uh, you know, decided to take on. And we always agreed that, you know, we would um, bounce things off each other. But when it came to what was under sort of my um uh area of responsibility the last you know the, the last call would be mine and uh and I think that's worked for us for the most part um on the on on the on the flip side of all this sort of uh you know difficulty of working together is uh the fact that you know we trust each other implicitly just by you know virtue of being married and uh, uh, and I think that that is something that is so integral to, um, a business, uh, when you have a partner is that you really have to trust each other. And we both have at the end of the day, the same goal, the same vision. Um, we might have different sort of routes to getting there and, you know, where we sometimes have disagreements, but I think that because we have that, um, you know, that, that sort of, um, the, the that joint, um, you know, uh, vision and goal um, there, there's just you know you know that you're acting in each other's best interest so of course there'll be blips here and there but uh, it, it makes a big difference to how um, we're able to make decisions and move forward.
0: Perfect. So uh, you, you have a daughter am I right? Uh, eight-year-old daughter? So is she excited about the restaurant? You know, did you know? Does she play a role in any of this? Does she come and spend time there?
1: I mean, I'll be honest. So she's eight, like you said, and um, so when I had her, I took a couple of months off. Uh, you know, obviously to give birth and and you know just get used to that idea. Um, and uh, but you know, I, it's not like the business was on hold. So I really kind of went back to work very quickly. Um, a couple of months after giving birth, and uh, and you know, she just became naturally a part of coming to work. So she's kind of been been coming to my office from uh, pretty much the time she was born, and uh, and so she's she, she's sort of you know grown up in that in that. Uh, environment and um i i think she the great thing is she's she she's become like a mini foodie herself so she you know eat everything we're eating and uh and she's becoming quite discerning in her own little cheeky way um so
0: kids nowadays have such a knack of learning things and you know they create their own personalities like i have a six-year-old daughter if i make her breakfast she will arrange her breakfast in a particular way I know, like, I, I think she's already, she probably isn't on Instagram this, but she's probably living an Instagram life. Like she's like, can you take a picture of this? Can you please put it on the family group? You know, show it to the grandparents, like, see what I've done. Like, you know, they're they they they're so expressive. I mean, I, I don't remember at that age, you know, being that expressive and giving so much thought, it was more or oh, less just go play and, you know, do our own thing. But kids nowadays, are. we have all been, the you know, through a pandemic, the last 12 months, 14 months have been uh, you know, pretty chaotic. Uh, What was one of the toughest decisions you had to take, you know, as a business owner in the last, let's say, 14 months?
1: Um, I think the list is long, but if if I had to kind of pick one thing. So we actually opened our second restaurant um, or rather reopened our second restaurant um, 10 days before we closed it. And, uh, yeah, so we had an Asian, uh Southeast Asian restaurant called Misty, which we'd opened, um, back in 2018 and, um, it wasn't quite going as we'd sort of planned. So about 15 months later, we closed it and decided to pivot as, um, a Cantonese restaurant. Um, the doors to that opened on the 7th of March and then closed on the seventeenth of March. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, uh, So obviously, so our chefs actually were um, from Singapore and Malaysia, and they haven't been able to come back into the country since then. Um, Partly, you know, obviously there's visa restrictions, but also, um, you know, they have their own concerns with coming into India and then, you know, not being able to go back or whatever. And so, so we had to take a really tough decision to, basically after months of working really hard on it, obviously spending a lot of money, um, time, energy, everything, Um, take a decision to basically shelve that brand. And, um, you know, so that's been tough. Uh, But I think that a lot of the decisions that we've made um, were almost something that we didn't have that much choice in, if you think about it. If I really sort of think about it, um, you know, the circumstances kind of dictated a lot of what we did. So, you know, whether it was a good decision or a sort of slightly painful decision um you know it was what the, the, there wasn't that much choice so I think that if if I really think about um I I'd like to think that in the last year year and a half we've made a lot of good decisions which have like you know um sort of positively helped us get through this time and the things that we haven't been able to do we've just been like okay so what's the good thing that we can do
0: so uh, Gauri tell me about a funny experience that you had at the table like something that happened which was unusual, something I guess there or something somebody internally did that is something that you know is people can laugh at and now when you look back at it, it's something that was hilarious. Anything you can think of?
1: So, uh, Ashwin, there's two types of funny, right? There's funny where it wasn't funny when it happened, but now we laugh about it. And then there's um, funny while it's happening uh and I can think a lot more of the incidents in the former time where um you know uh the restaurant is just that nature of business where there's a lot of disasters it just it's it's a um a bag full of disasters but uh, no there, there was i I'll tell you funny funny um or it was for me um we have you know we, we tend to get a lot of like celebrities into the restaurant and um, of course there's always um excitement around that and um and we used to have an expat chef right so this was around the time i don't know if you remember uh, the song sheila ki javani had just happened and of course it was all the rage um one of the biggest hits and um, and then in walks in uh katrina kf right like all dressed up um, she'd obviously come from some event and she was completely dressed up like she just walked off a movie set and literally, and my husband was sitting there having a glass of wine with me. And then suddenly he just like jumps up and runs into the kitchen going, oh my God, oh my God, like, like, you know, Sheila's here. And uh, because that was the only way our expat chef was going to know who he was talking about. And literally like all the boys in the kitchen, like had their head, head peeping out of the kitchen door. And um, that was as close as they got to their fantasizing about, uh, Uh, making their fantasy of Sheila a reality but uh, no so it was just it's just it's funny like you know there's there's been uh, the other time we had um, someone who was like really you know obviously again a foreigner like really like very orange and fake tanned and you know with a clearly with a a toy boy and I was like okay you know like hey like no judgment here and uh, and then the next day, it turned out that uh, that was Calvin Klein, who was in the restaurant. And uh, yeah. and I was just like, what? I, I, that was him sitting there, and I was sitting and making fun instead of going and, like, you know, uh, sort of touching his feet kind of thing. So anyway, it's just been, uh, there they've been a fair share. Of, it usually involves a celebrity. So, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's you know look it's it's 10 years there's so many memories um good bad ugly everything and um yeah so wouldn't wouldn't change it for anything
0: fantastic i think that, that that's the beauty of uh, this right the way a, a restaurant business allows you to meet so many different people from different walks of life right you'll have foreigners and i think your location also is something that you can get foreigners right outside your door. I remember I'd taken one of my clients, uh, she'd come from US, and I'd taken to see Gateway of India, and she was a platinum blonde, right? And uh, there's this guy who came saying, can I take a picture with you? This teenage kid, and I said, no, no, no. And uh, then one more guy came, one more guy came, and then finally this one girl came, small little, like you know, 10-year-old girl, can I take a picture with you, ma'am? And the guide or whatever, with us saying, no, 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 don't allow, and this lady was melting, she's like, oh, poor girl, yeah." Let it, let her take a picture. So this girl takes a picture and then her family comes. So the family wants to take a picture with my guest and the father takes his son's hand and puts it over her shoulder. And I'm like trying to stop all this from happening. She's like, it's okay. It's a kid. When that happens, another 10 guys, girls, boys of all ages are kind of pouring in to take photos with her. There was a point in time, me and my business partner were bodyguards around her, pushing people away. The guide went to call her a cop, a cop gets involved, it was hilarious and I was feeling bad for her, you know, thinking she's feeling assaulted. So I, when we, you know, got into the car finally, I said, you know, hey man, I'm so sorry that happened. She's like, are you kidding me? That's the best experience in my life. I felt like a celebrity. I felt like a rock star. Right. So that was just hilarious. So I've had a lot of you know, fun experience in South Bombay and yeah, celebrities, it always is a fun, fun thing to, you know, uh, it's always been fun right? So the next thing I want to jump into is uh, marketing has always been a very crucial part of any business, right? So how has the table gone around doing marketing?
1: Um, You know, there's, again, I don't think there's any sort of, uh, I don't think there's any science to it. And of course, I don't have a sort of formal background in marketing. But um, I think there's a couple of things that I've learned over the years. One is, there's no such thing as word of mouth, okay? No amount of money can buy that. And, you know, that's really uh the best form of marketing you could ever ask for right but that that sort of boils down to having a great product because that's what you know that's how word of mouth really gets around and um and and i think that that's something that we learned very early on that just focus on the product and you know the the sort of um uh the the, the word will get out um but you know in terms of what we do on a day-to-day basis i think um Another thing I learned was that, you know, no one can speak about your product as well as you. And for that reason, we've always done our marketing in-house. We've never um, had an agency or, you know, outsourced it because we just feel like, you know, nobody can ever talk about it as authentically and sincerely and passionately um, as, as you can. So uh, yeah, I mean, and then beyond that, honestly, we've used all the same tips and tricks that everybody else does when it comes to um, you know social media or um, you know, and 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 the other thing is, I think I've kind of become synonymous with the brand and with the brand, um, and so you know that's that's I, I've sort of you know become a spokesperson for it, and of course we talk about it, you know as much as we can um and and really that's what it is but the fundamental thing is to have um a great product you know that's one thing that I've I've learned and I've learned that the hard way as well with you know our restaurant that didn't sort of do as well as um uh you know our some of our other brands and that's where I learned that you know it doesn't matter how much PR and marketing you do um it all boils down fundamentally to having a great product
0: fantastic so uh, what are your plans for the future anything new that is coming up anytime soon anything that you can share
1: so uh you know um we like i mentioned earlier we uh had this restaurant the cantonese restaurant may 13 which had all of sort of 10 days of life uh but we haven't quite given up on that space and we are um uh planning um you know that, that restaurant 3.0 I guess um, and uh, so yeah we will we'll hopefully be uh, you know able to open the doors uh, next month assuming restaurants can still be open and um, you know have people dine in. and um, yeah so I'm, I'm excited about that but more about it soon uh, <laughs> yeah
0: something fantastic so what are some of the mistakes you wish you could have avoided uh, you know in your journey now that you look back at it
1: um you know so again i come back to the uh, experience of closing um the first the, the first aftar of that space and um i i i have stopped looking at them as mistakes you know i really uh, i think of them as lessons and i and i feel that if i hadn't had them um I wouldn't know as much as I do today, you know, because a lot of what we did, especially in the first few years, was just going by our gut instinct. Um, and of course, that comes at a price because you're learning on the job. Since neither of us had, um, you know, any hospitality background, we pretty much learned everything on the job. And, um, of co- you know, so, so that, that's a, a more costly way of learning about the industry. Uh, and you can call it mistakes or you can just be like, you know, well, that's part and parcel of venturing into a new, um, business. Uh, but some of the things which haven't quite gone to plan, um, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it's mistakes. I think it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of reinforced what we did do right and, uh, didn't do this time round. Um, you know, and therefore what we did the first time round was actually the way to do it and so it just kind of reinforced what works and doesn't work as opposed to um you know it being something that we regret um and and yeah I mean I, I I feel like you have to have those um ups and downs to kind of you know keep you grounded and on track so um but yeah no I mean look we're, we're making them all the time and we're learning all the time because it's such a dynamic industry uh to be a part of and you have to kind of be on your toes so uh but I don't see it I don't see it as a um you know as a mistake or a regret necessarily I just
0: so something that uh, I have you know seen and I have personally believed in for a long time has been the fact that you either earn or you learn Right. So you never lose. You either you win or you learn. You don't lose. So if you don't lose the lesson in a mistake you've made, you know, you've actually not lost, right? You actually won both ways. You've kind of done something. Yeah. Right. And
1: I have to say that it took me a while to get my head around that. Like, you know, I mean there's a lot of pride and ego that goes with this um, you know, very like public business. And uh, and I think that you have to, you know, the the success is as public as the failure. And um, you know, I think that that's been one of my greatest, like, sort of, um, uh, I think, lessons is is just learning how to kind of, you know, take it in your stride and um and and move forward, um, you know, when things don't go as planned.
0: So, uh, Gauri, as an entrepreneur, there are a lot of you know hats you have to wear through the day and do multiple things. So, what does a typical day look like for you?
1: <laughs> what does it? Do? Is there such a thing? <laughs> Uh, I love to have a typical day because then I would know what to expect. Uh, alas, it's not quite like that. Um, and, you know, I think as we've grown our brands over the years, um, and they're all so different, right? We have like, we have five brands, not counting the new project that we're working on. Um, so if I include that six brands, and they're all so different. Um, and they all demand our time and attention in different ways and, uh, you know, throw in my eight year old eight going on 18 year old. Um, and of course, yeah, like, you know, just it's it's really. Um, and then, of course, much to my husband's angst um a podcast thrown in for good measure so it's like there just can't be enough hours in the day and uh, and there's nothing there's absolutely nothing typical about it nothing predictable about it and um yeah you just kind of have this ongoing getting longer and longer checklist that you or, or list of things to do that you just keep working your way through and um yeah, that's pretty much what my day looks like. <laughs> With a little bit of exercise thrown in when I'm, for good measure.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. So, uh, what are the three skills do you think that every food entrepreneur should have?
1: Um, okay, so uh, one thing is perseverance. Okay, so, you know, this is a, um, you know, a, a quick, uh, result it's a very like long um arduous journey and you really have to be uh committed to it and you know be be sort of um willing to you know ride out that that journey um and if you do you know you will see the fruits of your labor but it'll just take a little longer so perseverance is one thing um the second thing i would say is that you know when it comes to food Um, is no compromise right on quality Uh, and it's very easy in this business Um, it's a very capital intense business it's a very um, you know it it, it is it is sort of uh, this it it is it is a sort of expensive business to get into and um, and you often kind of you know, it's, it's one of those things that people get into with, with, with a lot of excitement and energy and passion, and you're convinced that your product is great, it's going to work, um, it's going to sort of, you know, uh, it, it's the best that's available, etc. And, uh, and you often, you know, that, that optimism often makes you um, be more optimistic than um, conservative. And what happens is that you don't plan enough for, um, you don't plan enough runway for all the things that can and will go wrong, um, for no fault of your own, but that will happen. And so uh, there's this tendency to then start cutting corners when you, you know, um, when you kind of hit financial roadblocks. And I've seen this with all our businesses, right? So... Uh, again I would say that you know the people almost expect that a restaurant um, starts off or even like a delivery business starts off really well um, and you have sort of you know six great months and then you start um, going downhill because either cost pressures or you know whatever financial pressures and uh, and that's what I would sort of you know advise people is that don't let that happen you're better off like closing your business than starting to compromise on quality um, because of financial um, pressure. So, you know, that, that would be my second thing is that you really have to be, um, uh, you know, believe in your product and, and sort of, you know, stick to your uh, standards. Um, and, and the third thing I would say is that just be ready to work bloody hard uh it's it's I mean I'm sure this is with any business but this specifically um you know the restaurant and delivery business is a 24-7 kind of uh business you don't you don't be like oh I'll have my weekends off in fact like you'll definitely not have your weekends off and you'll be working you know hardest when everyone else is ha- out having fun um and you you better be, you know, goddamn ready to work 24-7, you know, 365 days of the year. And and I'll tell you, like, in my experience, um, and I realized this even more during the lockdown, because, uh, of course, we've been on vacations and, you know, taken time off from, like, physically going to work, but you're never, like, really switched off. And the first time that ever happened was those 10 days when we closed the restaurant, um you know, when we completely closed all our businesses down and before reopening um, for deliveries again. And those 10 days when there was like nothing happening was the first time my brain actually like was just silent. Like, you know, my mind was silent, my, my work brain switched off and it was the best feeling. And I hadn't had that for 10 years. And, um, you know, I really appreciated that, like nothing, you know, I mean, it was, Um, and it just sort of reminded me how much of a hamster I felt like for the last 10 years, but that's kind of, that's the other thing that, you know, if someone had kind of told me that I might've been a little more prepared for it than, you know, just finding out the hard way. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess my, my, um, three things three insights
0: <laughs> last couple of questions before we go on to a rapid fire round. I'm going, doing the whole current with Johar thing. Right. current uh, with Johar. That, that didn't come <laughs> Right. So uh, w- what I was saying is uh, who has been uh, your greatest inspiration?
1: Um, I don't think there's one person. I think different people have inspired me for different things. And if I think about it from my industry specifically. um, I've heard and read so much about um, the amazing duo behind um, a restaurant called Eleven Madison Park in New York. And, you know, just how beautifully, uh, you know, choreographed the experiences for diners, both between... Um, front of house and and back of house um the kitchen and you know i i it's it's something that I aspire to achieve at the table so um you know i, I really uh, uh that that's something i sort of um i would consider to be one of my i mean of course the the duo behind the restaurant have now split up and all of that, but you know the what they once had is definitely very inspiring. Um, and then there's another sort of restauranter um danny meyer who uh i don 't know if you know the Shake Shack and you know the, sort of that 's one of his most popular brands and now, having been in the delivery business um i I sort of feel like you know that's that 's incredible to have a product that is so consistently good everywhere you go um you know anywhere in the world that you have it and uh um, to, you know, achieve that is just something that I really admire because, um, of course, McDonald's does that as well, but it's quite not quite the same thing. Um, so I, I think these two are people, and, you know, he's written this amazing book called Setting the Table, which is something I read um, before getting into the business and still got into the business, which is um, kind of crazy after the stories you read. But, uh, yeah, these are two people that I really kind of think of.
0: So it's always good to have, have mentors, you know, work. in the line of any line of work that you're in. I think that is that that's something I learned earlier on, and most of the people I've spoken to actually have had great mentors in their life, great people to look up to. Maybe they've not been be direct mentors, but at least role models. But then having mentors, actually people who go out of the way to help you, right? So that has been priceless for me. So today I have eight mentors for different different parts of you know life. But that has really helped me hone down my skills, you know, get so much wisdom in so little time and without making mistakes. And I make a lot of mistakes. I would have been, I think, 10 times more if I didn't have mentors. Right. So I think having those inspirations and mentors are absolutely critical. OK, so we're going to come to the last segment of this uh, uh, chat show, which is going to be you know, it's a quick rapid fire round. Right. And it's, it's easy stuff. Don't worry. Nothing, nothing to embarrass. Right. So, OK, what's your favorite book? Let's start from there.
1: Oh, my favorite book um i have a lot um one of them i would say oh God, it's like um it's, it's i'm reading zero to one right now um which i think is very interesting about that you know that initial time that you actually sort of hone in on a nightmare and, um, and, you know, that's the critical part of your business is, is sort of defining that. So I'm finding it really interesting to read. I don't know if it's my favorite book yet, but um, definitely one I'm enjoying. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, what's your most
1: used app? Instagram. or oh, WhatsApp, actually. I think my business would not function. and I would not be able to live between Alibag and Mongo without WhatsApp. So <laughs> I run my own business on WhatsApp. So what's your
0: favorite QZ?
1: So I get asked this a lot, and my answer is always that it depends on my mood. Um, but for date night, which is what I'm gonna go with, it's Japanese. That's uh absolute favorite.
0: That's my favorite. Right. Okay. So what's your hidden talent that most people are unaware of?
1: Oh my god, I don't I don't have any hidden talent.
0: Um word, something, something that most people don't know that you're good at.
1: Math? Mental. <laughs> <laughs> i I, don't I love math
0: as a ca i think that is something that people would expect you to be good at i guess
1: i know no i don't know there, there a lot of ca's need like calculators and stuff i just love i love math um and i'm very strange for that reason so yeah
0: so a funny thing is a, a hidden talent of mine that most people are not aware of I can make killer breakfast for my daughter and son. I make waffles, I make pancakes, I make eggs, I make a French souffle omelette with cheese and you know, those kind of things. And most people are not aware that I So that has been my hidden talent. I, I, I,
1: that, that is definitely not my hidden talent. <laughs> it's not hidden, seen, nothing. It's just not a talent. <laughs> I can't cook to save my life.
0: That, that, that's funny coming from a person who runs restaurants. restaurant
1: I know. Everyone says that, right? But it's uh, I'm like, there are people who can do it a lot better than me. I'm just going to leave them to, <laughs> to to do their thing.
0: So uh, give me three adjectives that describe you the best.
1: A perfectionist. I don't know if these are good things, but I'm going to say them anyway. Um, I'm a perfectionist and... Um, a lover of food i don't know if <laughs> that's an adjective but i'm a, uh i wouldn't say i'm a a connoisseur, or a, a foodie i hate those words but um yeah i'm i'm a uh, sucker for good food is uh, is uh is probably one um and what else uh I should ask someone else how to dis- they describe me right uh, i'm probably a control freak that's probably the third one
0: <laughs> that's a good one I-, I think that answer would have come if i asked your husband describe her is that the one word you would say control freak
1: yeah probably i'm being completely honest here that's why i said i don't know if these are good things but um yeah
0: this is the last one right um uh, so what is the one takeaway the one final takeaway you would uh, ask any entrepreneur uh, to follow like the one magic mantra the one takeaway that you would want food entrepreneurs to carry with
1: quality, quality, quality um, yeah I, no I would say you know, the quality, consistency and first of all I mean it's not one but I think these are like the three pillars of the food business um, If one of them kind of um, falls, then the the others kind of go down with that.
0: Fantastic, uh, Gauri. Thank you so much for taking our time and you know spending uh, this time with us. And uh, it's been fabulous to get to know you and you know, i've heard so much about the brand i'd never gotten to know you before but thank you for taking out the time and and spending this time with us and uh, I- i'm very sure our audience is going to love hearing the person behind the brand the journey and of course uh looking forward to uh, you know, dining at the table
1: thank you so much and uh yeah i'm looking forward to having everyone dine at the table uh, very soon again so
0: I'm waiting for it to open up so here, here's a criminal thing I must confess I've heard so much about the table I've never visited what? so the day you open you please oh message me God. I'm going to come and I, I want to have I've heard so much like I'm not even joking I've planned six different meals all those plans got changed I don't know how and I've just not made it to the table yet and that's on me and I'm going to correct that now that I know you you're going to let me know when it opens and I'm going to be there
1: we're going to correct that very soon. yeah
0: uh, Hey guys! So thank you. That was Gauri Devi Dhar from the table, and she is a fantastic person, and so energetic, and so lovely, and was so nice for her to you know uh, be with us. Uh, watch out for next week for a new episode, and we're going to have somebody new, and somebody more exciting, and somebody inspiring. Thank you, and have a great day.